0: Do you crave daily motivation and want valuable tips for dealing with the stress of type 1 diabetes? Sign up for our daily email and start your day with a practical type 1 diabetes and mental health tip delivered straight to your inbox. It's like a personal boost for your day, from me to you. And best of all, it's absolutely free. Don't wait. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip and subscribe today. Because every day with type one diabetes deserves a healthy start. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip. This podcast is brought to you by ultra rapid acting inhaled insulin. Just because I'm a diabetes professional does not mean my diabetes management or my stress level is in perfect condition. I wanna be honest and transparent with y'all. Living with diabetes is tough for everyone, myself included. I do this for a living and I don't have it all together by any means. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you to build your type one diabetes stress management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes management is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build yourself up correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and on this episode of the podcast, I look back to May 2023, and I review my month with diabetes. My goal is to be as honest and transparent with you as possible about my own diabetes management and the challenges that I have. And every month, I plan to put out an episode just like this where I open up my diabetes management from the previous month and give you a peek inside so you can learn from my experience and learn from the way that I think about my diabetes management. I really hope this episode is helpful for you. Hey there and welcome to the Live with T1D podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Kamen. Today on the podcast I'm doing something a little bit different. So if you've been listening for a while you know that my podcasts generally include me coaching somebody with type 1 diabetes about the biggest challenge they're having right now in their lives. And we help them through a process to be able to think about diabetes differently, approach differently, and hopefully find ways to manage their stress around type 1 diabetes. And today, I want to flip the tables on myself. And I want to talk about my month with diabetes, um, the past month that I've had, and talk about the biggest challenges, the biggest successes, and give you some insight into how I have been dealing with the stress of diabetes. Now, today is June the 1st. So if you're listening to this episode the day it was released, um, it's June the 1st, 2023. And June the 1st is my diabetes I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes 24 years ago today. Uh, I on June the 1st, 1999. And over the past 24 years, lots of things have changed. But one of the things that I have found most helpful uh, for me in my life with type 1 diabetes is taking time to reflect on the recent past and think about what has been helpful for me, what has been challenging for me, and make a plan to move forward so that the challenges that I've had in the past month can be eliminated or managed better um, looking forward. And I hope to use this podcast episode today, and I hope to do this on a monthly basis with you to help you to understand how I think about diabetes, how I think about my own diabetes, and hopefully give you some motivation and some ways to reframe your thoughts about diabetes and your perspective about diabetes um, using my own experience. I also wanna do this because I think it's really important as a diabetes professional who also lives with type 1 diabetes, to be open and transparent and honest with you about the challenges that I have. Yes, I live with diabetes, and yes, I am a professional who works with people with diabetes every single day. And so I do know something about type 1 diabetes. And I know something about type 1 diabetes and how to manage stress around it. However, what I've also learned is that when it comes to yourself, it is much harder to do than when coming from somebody else. And so, having the opportunity to reflect on my past month openly, honestly, transparently with you, um, to give you some insight into my process, is helpful for me. but It's also helpful for you, I hope, in seeing that we're all part of the same team, that diabetes is not any easier for me than it is for you, and that you're not any different from, you're not any different. Um, than I am in the struggles and the challenges and the stress that we deal with in our lives with diabetes. I think it's so easy to put healthcare professionals and people who are in the public eye on a pedestal thinking that everything is going great in my life and that nothing with my diabetes is challenging. And let me tell you, nothing can be further from the truth. I deal with the same struggles that you do and I want to talk about them openly, honestly, and transparently so that you can see that we are on the same team and that we are on this journey together. And I want to be your guide in that journey uh, because I know something about how to best navigate some of the stresses that diabetes shows our way. But know that I am on that journey as well, working to navigate these stresses right there along with you, um, both as your diabetes psychologist as well as as a peer who lives with diabetes. And I hope that these monthly check-ins, monthly reflections um, will help you to see that and help you to normalize the challenges that you're having. You're not having them because you're doing anything wrong. You're not having them because you have more to learn. You're having these challenges because just like me, you live with type 1 diabetes and type 1 diabetes is challenging. So, I want to start off by reflecting about my blood sugars over the past month. um If you've been following my Instagram, you have seen that every week I have been posting my desk clarity clarity report because I want you to see uh that you know I'm just like you and that I have blood sugars that are in range sometimes and blood sugars that are out of range sometimes, and it's all good so over the past 30 days, uh, my average glucose has been 157, 157 milligrams per deciliter. And my time in range, which is for me 70 to 180, has been 66%. Uh, I've been 10% very high, 19% high, 3% low, and 2% very low. And that is a 5% change over the past or uh, from the past 30-day period. So if we would have the same conversation on May the first, 2023, I you would have seen that my timing range would have been 71%. So a little bit higher. So it's gone down a little bit over the past month. And I want to talk a little bit about why that has been the case for me. So the first three weeks of the month were actually pretty good. I was I was doing really well, I think, with my blood sugar management. Um, and then I went on vacation, and so I went. I every year uh, at the end of May, my wife and I go on vacation. Um, sometimes I go to Mexico, sometimes I go to Jamaica. Jamaica is one of our, our favorite places. And so this year we spent six nights in Jamaica, and that is a good explanation as to why my blood sugars were higher than usual. Uh, I traveled, and so travel always throws me off. It's it's harder to find foods and get into a regular routine with food when you are traveling. And then also, I was on vacation. And when I'm on vacation, I want to make sure that I you know, can have a good time. It's important for me to let go of the need for perfectionism, the need for having blood sugars that are in range all the time on vacation, because a vacation is a time for me to let go and to relax and to not worry about life as much. That includes work, that includes my family, but that also includes my blood sugars. But there's a caveat there. I always tell people, you know, it's okay to take a little bit of a break and loosen up the reins on your blood sugars if you want to, if you find that it's helpful for you. And for me, it is. For me, I I know myself well enough to know that if I'm able to give myself some grace and allow myself to eat things that maybe I normally wouldn't eat or eat more of what I want to eat and not, not set limits for myself. That actually helps me a lot with my stress around diabetes. And it makes it easier for me to come back to my everyday life and to rein in my blood sugars in a way that's healthy. But there's a caveat there, and it's important to recognize. And the one that I try to keep in mind all the time around my diabetes management when I'm on vacation. And that is, I want to make sure that I feel good. We all know that it's one thing to have a blood sugar of 200, And you feel completely fine. like You have no idea that your blood sugar is that high. But you could also have a blood sugar 200 and feel awful. And that is miserable. Not not a good place. Especially when you're on vacation and want to be enjoying yourself. Um, Having those types of physical reactions and physical symptoms around diabetes um, is not something that you want. And so I always tell myself and tell other people that loosening the reins for a limited period of time on your blood sugars is perfectly fine. It's a great stress relief. It's a great way to um, give yourself a little bit of a break with your diabetes management as long as you're able to do it in a way that doesn't make you feel physically ill, um, doesn't make you feel overly tired, or with that that high blood sugar feeling that's just awful. So that's, you know, and I was able to do that on vacation for the most part. I had some challenges about to talk about in just a minute, um, but it, I was able to do it for the most part uh on vacation had a great time uh had a really a really nice time um in jamaica got to scuba dive a lot got to um play tennis a lot i'm a big tennis player for those of you who don't know and really just enjoy time by the pool with my wife so that was phenomenal and definitely worth it for me to uh, have blood sugars that were not in a range as much as they have been in the past one thing that i did that i found really helpful on vacation or my blood sugars was to drink lots of water. (laughs) I know that sounds a little bit simple, but it's actually super helpful. The more hydrated you are, um, I I find for myself that it's just easier to manage my blood sugars and I feel better. I'm not, I'm not, my body is not trying to work to um, hydrate itself um, through other means. And I'm able to really enjoy um, the food and the activities and everything better, the more hydrated I am. And so what I did on vacation was I hydrated as much as possible. I also mentioned before that I scuba dived on vacation. I'm a big scuba diver. I love diving. I um, started, started diving about 12 years ago. So I've actually been diving for half of my life with type 1 diabetes now because I'm 24 years in. And um, scuba diving is one of the best releases that I have. Um, being under the water and you know in, in complete silence without able to talk to anybody, it's just a great, peaceful place to be. But it can also be stressful because it's one of those places where you have no access to your blood sugars. And so over the years, I have learned how to best manage my blood sugars underwater. Um, What I do is I try to dive with no insulin on board and my blood sugar over 180 when I go down. And then as soon as I get back up out of the water, I check my blood sugar. It's usually still high. And I'm able to correct for that high blood sugar right away, bring it back down, and then not worry about the rest of the day. Um, but And that comes for, for, with personality. Um, I'm fairly low anxiety around my blood sugars, especially my lows. Um, and I recognize that many of you aren't, and that's okay. Um, I don't, I don't want to push anybody to do anything they don't want to do or that makes them overly anxious. But I also want to empower you to let you know that it's possible to... Manage your blood sugar as well while doing these really fun activities that you may feel like are out of reach for you. And if you want support in that process, let me know because I want to support you and give you the tools that you need to be able to do things that you want to do, even if, even if they're out of your comfort zone or out of the, out of your realm of possibility right now, whether that's skiing or uh, scuba diving or skydiving or flying an airplane, whatever that is. Um, I want to, I want you to believe and empower you to believe that it's possible free to do those things. So what was the challenge I had on vacation? (laughs) Well, um, Murphy's Law. My pump broke. Um, I was in Jamaica and I got, you know, one night I was sitting at dinner and I get this alarm on my pump that says temperature error. Your, Your insulin in your pump is at extreme temperatures, which was absolutely ludicrous because I was sitting in an air conditioned restaurant. So there's no way that my pump could have been anything but, you know, sixty-five degrees at that point um, in my pocket. There, there's just no way. But something weird was going on because it wouldn't allow me to restart my insulin. And so, this has happened before. I, I, I want to tell you that I, I can tell you stories and stories about traveling with diabetes and having my pump break or you know, dropping my insulin vial. It's happened to me over the past twenty-four years. You know, lots. I, I've had lots of really kind of scary experiences. but the one thing I learned from those experiences which really served me well this time and which really which really made the fact that my pump broke um, really stress free, is that I was prepared. I always have extra pump supplies. I always have extra CGM supplies. But most importantly, when I travel, I always have extra basal insulin so I can take injections and move from pump to MDI pretty seamlessly. Um, I always have extra syringes and pens and pen needles, um, and it just makes it so much easier. And so while my pump breaking and not working anymore, it just kind of eventually just stopped and gave me a a fatal error code, which I had to call in and get a replacement pump. Um, It just, I was able to be annoyed because that's an annoying thing to have happen, whether you're on vacation or whether you're at home. But also that preparation allowed me to not get anxious, not get scared, and not panic because I knew what to do. I knew that all I had to do was, you know, give myself a shot of to which is my basal insulin, uh, go on injections, and things were, were just fine. I have to say that it was annoying for sure. And I want to recognize that annoyance, but I want to recognize the difference for myself between annoyance and fear, annoyance and anxiety. Because those are an important thing to distinguish as you're thinking about how to navigate the stress of diabetes. If you say, I am scared when you're really annoyed, then all of a sudden it gives you your mind permission to start going and trying to figure out how to not be scared, of how to solve the problem. The reality for me is that the problem is already solved. I had made preparations beforehand. I knew what to do. I had a checklist about, okay, if my pump fails, this is what I do. I was able to just move right in, right into um, my other way of managing my diabetes, which I knew would keep me perfectly safe, even if my blood sugars were not going to be in the best shape, um, at least in the beginning, because that, that transition from pump to MDI or back, or back to pump after being on MDI can be a little bit rocky. But if you have, if you're prepared for that and have the tools and the plan to put in place, um, it shouldn't be stressful. It should just be annoying. And recognizing, and acknowledging the annoyance, even owning the annoyance, is fine. And that's what I was able to do. Um, what I also realized is that it's not always an easy transition, and so I had to give myself lots of grace. I was already to give myself grace for being on vacation with my blood sugars and allowing my blood sugars to be less in range than I they usually are when I'm at home. But especially with this transition to MDI in the first couple days, days, um, that was challenging. And, you know, my blood sugars were not in the best shape. Um, I was high at certain times, I was low at certain times. And I was having tr- a little bit of trouble getting on my feet. But I also knew that I could keep myself safe. I, ca- I reminded myself that I had the ability to keep myself safe. Um, I reminded myself that I know what I'm doing enough to get by and to ha- enjoy my vacation without too much stress. Um, but that was a little bit of a challenge. When thinking about expanding your diabetes management toolkit, you may not be thinking about insulin. There haven't been a lot of new insulins to put in your toolbox. Sure, there are different brands, but nothing really unique when it comes to insulin delivery, except for a frezza. Insulin Human Inhalation Powder is unique because it's the only ultra-rapid-acting inhaled insulin available. It's a man-made, orally inhaled insulin and is used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes without the need for mealtime insulin injections. Once you inhale frezza into your lungs using the inhaler, it will start reducing your blood sugar in about 12 minutes and it's out of your bloodstream within 1.5 to 3 hours depending on the dose. Keep in mind that Afrezza must be used with basal insulin in people who have type 1 diabetes. To learn more about inhaled insulin, visit www.afrezza.com. That's a.com. Afrezza is a rapid-acting inhaled insulin used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes mellitus. Afresa may cause serious side effects, including sudden lung problems, low potassium, and heart failure. Afreza is not for patients with chronic lung disease, such as asthma or COPD. Tell your doctor if you smoke, recently stopped smoking, have ever had kidney or liver problems, a history of lung cancer, or if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Most common side effects are low blood sugar, cough, and sore throat. Severe low blood sugar can be fatal. Do not replace basal insulin with a freza. A Frezza is not for use to treat diabetic ketoacidosis. Do not take a freza if you are allergic to insulin. Talk to your doctor before changing your freza dose. Blood sugar may need to be checked more frequently. One of the things that I want to do in this process of talking about my diabetes management over the past month is talk about certainly the biggest challenges that I've been having or that I had. And for me, the biggest challenge this month um, was my pump breaking on vacation and having to navigate that um, in a foreign country. But I also want to talk about my biggest learning with my blood sugars. And this is in relation to vacation, but also just in general. And what I've learned about myself is that it's important for me to set myself up in an environment that's going to make me successful. One of my biggest weaknesses in my diabetes management and probably in my life and health in general is my ability to say no to food. So if a cookie is in front of me, um, I can say no to it. but it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be really hard. And I may not be always successful. Um, if, if there's food that is in front of me, or if there's drinks that are in front of me, I have a really hard time setting boundaries for myself there. And so, and and that of course can be unhealthy for lots of reasons. Um, but we're talking about blood sugars here. And so if you're eating cookies and you're, you're not bolusing for them, or if you're eating more than you're bolusing for It can make things challenging, and we all do this sometimes. We all miscalculate our boluses. We all forget to bolus. Um, I'm certainly in that same uh, on that in that in that same group of people who do that. Um, I'm not not special in that regard at all. But what I've recognized is that if I take some simple steps to set myself up for success and, and create an environment where I can be successful with my what I'm eating, how I'm choosing to eat, um, and that's going to make me successful in my blood sugars. And so over the past month, um, I have, I think, done a really good job at creating an environment and setting myself, in, setting myself up in an environment where I can be successful um, with my blood sugars. So what does that mean? That means not buying food that I'm going to eat uh, mindlessly. It means if I do buy food that I know I could eat mindlessly, to put it in a place where it's very hard to get to. Uh, And by doing that, it makes me be more intentional about what it is I'm eating, which then allows me to be more intentional about managing my diabetes when I do eat those foods. Now, for me, and I hope that for you, there are no foods that are off the table. This isn't about restriction. This is not about saying I can't eat this or I don't want to eat this. It's saying, you know, if I'm going to eat it, I have to make a plan for it. And making a plan sounds stressful, but actually it's freeing. When you have a plan about what you're going to eat, when you have a plan about how to make decisions about what you're going to eat, it actually takes a huge burden off of you. And I have found that for myself. And when that happens, not only does my stress level go down, but also my blood sugars become much more easy to manage because I'm able to be intentional about how I manage diabetes, how I take insulin when I do choose to eat those foods because it, it puts an extra step in the process. And for me, and I think that for you too, this can be very freeing. and I want to encourage you to give it a try. Now, in terms of my mental health, the thing that's been most helpful for me this month um, goes, back to th- goes back to my pump breaking. And it's preparation, making sure that I have am prepared, both mentally, but also logistically for what can happen with my diabetes. So for example, you know, so I had backup insulin, both basal and uh, fast-acting insulin on vacation. So when my pump broke, I was prepared. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to happen, but I was prepared for it to happen. And the thing about being prepared is it didn't take any extra work, except for when I was packing my bag. I just had to make sure that I counted to make sure that I had, you know, a little extra insulin and make sure that I put basal insulin in, into my bag. Um, but once that happened, it didn't cause me to think about it once until I needed it. I think that sometimes you get in this mindset that preparation can be so challenging and it can make, it can be an extra burden. And maybe it's a little extra burden when you're actually making the plan. Uh, but let's call that five minutes. It doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to be long. But then once that's there, once the plan is in place, then it's just a waiting game. Hopefully a very long waiting game. Hopefully it doesn't actually have to be put into action. But then it's just a waiting game until something happens, which makes you have to activate that plan. So as you're thinking about your diabetes management, think about the ways that you can set yourself up for success by being prepared. So here's a couple of ideas and and ones that work for me. Number one is certainly if you're going to go on a trip, have multiple um, types of supplies. So if you're using a pump, make sure you have extra pump supplies. Make sure you have maybe even extra pump if you have one available to you. Make sure that you have extra basal insulin so that if you have to not use your pump anymore for whatever reason, you can switch over seamlessly. Another thing you prepare prepared for is low blood sugar. So if you're going to be in your car, make sure you ha- always have supplies to treat lows in your car, in your office, in your home, um, in ways that just make it really easy to put a plan in action. Your blood sugar drops, you hear the alert on your phone, they, ha- they have a low blood sugar, you don't have to think about where's my candy. You just know it's in my drawer next to my bed or it's in the console of my car. And that preparation takes a load off of your mind. It makes you kind of stop those mental gymnastics and then put it in, and knowing that, okay, when this happens, I do this. Now it'll it work out perfectly every time. No, of course not. Um, and that's okay. Um, but know that you have the ability to deal with those things because you're prepared. And so, I have found that for my mental health, that preparation is key. Another thing that I ha- don't do great at, but I- my goal for the next month, and you can check in with me when I talk to you about this at the beginning of July, is a preparation for food. So, you know, it's easy, as I mentioned before, you know, when I don't have a plan about what I'm going to be eating and how I'm eating, it can be a kind of a free for all. And it's hard to manage your blood sugars when, you know, you have. All kinds of food in front of you, and you have no idea how many carbs it has in it, and you don't ha- don't have any idea how much you're going to be eating. Um, that can be stressful for for some people, including me. Um, but by planning your meals, and plus sorry, by planning my meals, and knowing generally what I'm going to be eating every day, that actually gives me a sense of freedom. Now, it may not be a sense of freedom for you. You may, that may feel overly burdensome. If that's the case, that's fine. But for me, having that plan and activating that plan um, and just following it gives me some freedom that, I'll, that it ta- it's one less decision I have to make about how much insulin to take because I've, it's already been decided um, about how what choices to make in terms of food. Uh, and setting those boundaries and parameters for yourself um, can be very freeing if you allow it to be and if your personality fits that mindset and that model of freedom. So, you know, I hope that this is helpful for you as I'm, as I'm talking through the challenges that I'm having. Um, you know, one last thing is while I was on vacation and actually now that I'm home from vacation, my blood sugars are still a little bit uh, rocky and recognizing I've really been working hard over the past couple of days to recognize a couple of things. One is recognize the feeling and the emotion that I have when my blood sugar is out of range and not getting to attach that emotion or not getting to attach that blood sugar. So i for example, as I'm talking right now, my blood sugar is currently 202. So a little higher than I'd like it to be. And so if I was in a ba- if I wasn't handling it as well as I am, I would get really focused on blood sugar and it would kind of, it would take over my mind. I would get, you know, I, I would say, I need to bring this down and that would be my sole focus for the next, I don't know, hour until I could do it. Well, all of a sudden now that hour is gone and I haven't been able to focus on anything else. So what I'm trying to do right now is put a plan into place and then let the plan play out. So I've taken insulin to correct this high blood sugar. uh, And now I'm going to focus on the recording of this podcast, doing my other work. And that's going to be helpful for me, knowing that I've done everything that I can right now to get my blood sugar down. Now in an hour, if it's still high, I'll take further action. But for me, putting the plan into place, not getting too attached to the blood sugar and allowing my insulin to do its thing, um, is the most helpful thing for me in managing my stress. So that's been a strategy that I've been working on. Um, it's a constant, um, a, a constant learning for me about how to constantly improve that process. Because as I'm sure that many of you know, it's easy and, uh, we're in the habit of getting focused on the blood sugars and breaking that habit and creating a new habit in that process um, is not always the easiest thing. So that is my roundup for my blood sugars and my mental health um, for me, Dr. Martha, the diabetes psychologist over the past month. I really hope this has been a helpful conversation for you and hearing about my experience about my challenges and how I have dealt with these in various scenarios. Um, if you have questions for me about my diabetes management, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at the diabetes psychologist or send me an email to mark at the And I cannot wait to see you back here next week for a regular episode, a coaching episode of the Live Free with T1D podcast. Bye for now. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use in your life starting right now to help you manage the stress of type 1 diabetes. And today, your plan of action is do what I just did. Do a review of the past month of your life with type 1 diabetes. Write down what went well, what was challenging, and what were your biggest learnings, both with your blood sugars and with your emotional health type 1 diabetes. This reflection will be helpful for you as you move forward to help you learn from your experience and not make the same mistakes over and over again. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast, where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat so you could have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.